Welcome to the Meta Business Podcast. The Metaverse and Web3 are bringing about the biggest revolution since the internet itself. With your hosts, Paul the Prophet Dawalibi and Jeff the Juice Cohen, we will be bringing you the latest Metaverse business news and insight into what it all means. The Meta Business Podcast starts now. From the boardroom to the metaverse, this is the Meta Business Podcast. I am Paul the Prophet Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Jeff the Juice Cohen. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the official podcast in the metaverse. What we do is we cover the most pressing metaverse news and topics of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for all the love, the five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't left a review, go leave one. If you haven't shared the podcast, go share it. Um, We read all the reviews. We appreciate all the love. Please, if you love the content, share, leave some kind words. It helps other people to find the podcast, and we appreciate it. Jeff, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's, uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm uh, busy. I'm actually closing on a house tomorrow in in the real world, not the metaverse. Yeah, I was going to say, is it metaverse house or is it real world? No, this is a house in in the real world in in New Jersey. Okay. Way less of an interesting investment than metaverse real estate, but probably Probably a little less volatile, hopefully. I think uh, not likely to 100x, but hopefully not likely to go to zero. Um, And uh, yeah, it's near Snoop Dogg's house. Is the question is your is is it near Snoop Dogg's house? Because that seems I to have the greatest. It's probably very far from Snoop Dogg's house, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. That will hurt the value. But that other than that, the there's some other things that we're excited about it. But it is probably very far from Snoop Dogg's house. <laughs> the metaverse is any corollary. I, I this may be a poor investment. I don't know, <laughs> but it seems proximity to Snoop Dogg's house is the primary determinant of value in real estate. Uh, Checks out. Is what we've learned. Um, now we, we've got so much to talk about. Um, so let's jump into it. We have actually only a, a couple of stories today, but they're a bit, a bit one as usual. We start with something a little bit fun and light. And, and that's uh, Niantic and News or Niantic, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and uh, call it a Pokemon Go style game, which is not surprising. That's what they do. But this one with a connection to professional basketball, NBA basketball. And so the headline here is uh, Niantic NBA and the uh, NBPA, which I think is the National Basketball Players Association, uh, team up for NBA All World. NBA All World is a uh, first of its kind. uh, Oops, this is not on the screen here. NBA All World is a first of its kind game that will place NBA fans uh, into the real world metaverse. So Niantic announced a partnership with the NBA to create this original augmented reality game where it's free to play. Players can find challenge and compete against today's it says NBA ballers in their neighborhoods, then recruit them to their team before proving themselves on the court. So it really sounds like Pokemon go, except instead of catching Pokemon, you're catching NBA ballers, you're recruiting them. Uh, and I guess you duel other, you know, trainers like you would in Pokemon. I mean, Niantic had a, has not, I'm trying to think, other than Pokemon Go, has not really produced a massive hit recently. Um, is it sort of, are they at the point where it's about white labeling and reskinning their existing, you know, 
franchises and and this is ar you know we cover mostly metaverse stuff uh, here jeff but like does this fit into sort of the way they phrased it in your mind where it says it'll place nba fans into the real world metaverse like what do you think of that specific well, nomenclature I, it's interesting i mean they you make a great point niantic has tried to follow up their smash success pokemon go with a number of other games uh, most notably i think it was Harry Potter, um, I think it was called Wizards yeah. Unite, where actually ended up failing, which is surprising because Harry Potter's a, a great IP. Um, but they haven't been able to repeat the success of Pokemon Go. They have invested a lot into this AR engine. So they've really kind of bet the company on this like AR, uh, quote unquote, real world metaverse. And if you recall, we did the story a few months back where they got a really big raise and a big valuation from Go2, uh, which is a big tech uh, yep. hedge fund. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to follow this one. I think people, some people who aren't maybe in the know on the data forget. Like people remember Pokemon Go was massive back in the summer of 2016. And you don't hear about it that much now, but it's actually generating like over a billion dollars of revenue uh, still annually. So it's not like this company is struggling and starving and they, they need a hit. They obviously want growth and they're looking to replicate the success. Pokemon Go is still a very nice. Um, piece of business. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the NBA license. Um, NBA is clearly a very international game. Um, it's probably the sport besides soccer that, that does have the biggest international presence. It's a sport that's done well with video games, both on console PC, as well as, of course, uh, mobile with, with certain titles. Um, even in like the crypto metaverse type world, they, the NBA Top Shot had, had kind of a moment in the sun. I don't believe this game, to at least our knowledge, or it didn't say the article, has any real crypto elements to it, but it does have that collectible kind of metaverse, like has the metaverse piece to it with the AR, and it has the collectible piece with kind of capturing players. Um, my prediction is that this probably won't be a smash. It will definitely not be Pokemon Go, but it probably will be better than Harry Potter. And the reason why I say that is I think with the Harry Potter universe, you just didn't have that many characters to collect. Like there's there's only like 10 major characters in Harry Potter, and that's probably stretching it by like five characters. Um, I understand there's a lot of lore and there's, there's hundreds of characters in the universe, but like, let's be honest, there's 10 that got matter. Um, whereas with the NBA, there's already a massive culture of people playing fantasy sports. There was the collectible card angle. Like you have a much bigger universe of players that you can collect. So I think that leads a little bit to more depth in the game. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it will be moderately successful. Clearly not the next Pokemon Go, but I, I think it will do better than that. There's a long way to no, answer. I, no, I, I, I mean, I can't disagree with any of it. Uh, where I wanted to take this is just in the article. And I don't know if this is Niantic. I don't know if this is the journalist who wrote this. I don't know if it's a PR person who did a press release and used this. But I take serious issue with this, this term, real world metaverse. It's, it's like calling something a for-profit charity, right? Like the, a real world metaverse. Like in my mind, am I wrong to say this doesn't exist. Like that the is definitely, is, by definition, that is exactly what we debated about when we when they did the race because that's like their big buzzword. I, I hate it. I hate it. I like it's so cheap. It, I it doesn't make sense, right? Like I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to cram 
their little AR game into something that's metaverse, which is much sexier than like little AR game. But um, it's disingenuous. It's really disingenuous. I do think AR has the potential to create metaverses, small n, right? Like if you have if you have AR that's just so incredibly immersive and layers on top of the real world, uh, a completely alternate universe that you can uh, interact with. That's one thing. But like staring down at your phone uh, and seeing a little basketball guy, like, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is a bit of a stretch to call this real world metaverse, right? Like it lacks basically all the elements of a metaverse. So interesting story. NBA, at least they're trying things. Got to give them credit to your point that, you know, they have tried a number of things in gaming and metaverse and, you know, they, they're, they're better than most of the traditional sports leagues, the meat sports leagues in terms of trying things. So uh, kudos to them on that. But uh, I, I struggle to, I don't think this is going to be a success, but I mean, I'm not a basketball fan, so it has no appeal to me. And I think the people that this appealed, like Niantic's audience, I think trends younger than they expect or think. And I suspect that's why Harry Potter didn't work. Cause even Harry Potter is sort of like 13, 14 plus. Right. Maybe and even more at this point. I mean, I think it's like 30 year olds. True. It's actually true. Um, and, and, and uh, I mean, the average age of even an, an NBA fan is like high forties or low fifties, something like that. So I don't know if they want to walk around with their phones collecting players, uh, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's, I want to get to the meat and potatoes and it's really this one article that I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on here. And this was a report that came out from Newzu, and the, the, the title of the report was the metaverse blockchain gaming and NFTs navigating the internet's uncharted waters. And, and I think what would, what would be fun, Jeff, is to go through, um, the, the, they have an executive summary with 10 big takeaways and and they call this the key global trends that are currently shaping the metaverse blockchain gaming and nft space and i think it would be fun to go through each one of these and you and i see if we agree or disagree on on um this being one of the key global trends or how they've articulated it right it could be we disagree that this is a trend altogether or it could be that we disagree that maybe they got the the details wrong. So let me start with the first one here, which says big tech and brand involvement. That's the headline. And it says consumers spend increasingly more time in virtual worlds and successful brands follow them. As a result, consumer facing companies will be forced to develop a metaverse strategy to stay connected with their future customers and remain relevant. Since there's no single right approach to tackling the metaverse, Different brands have approached it in different way, in distinct ways. Now these can range from IP activations inside virtual worlds and acquiring virtual land NFTs to outright M&As. What do you think of big tech and brand involvement? Key global trend. Ooh, I definitely agree. agree. It, has, it has been a trend that I also understand that news you, you know, this is their audience is their, you know, yeah. they sell data to these brands. So I understand why they're pitching this. However, I'll disagree in the sense that I think the most interesting companies in the metaverse in the future will be metaverse first companies, uh, similar to how the biggest companies on the internet are largely companies that were formed internet first. It, 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 like I think it's not going to like the biggest retailer in the metaverse won't be someone like Nike, who 
comes into the metaverse and is selling, you know, using their brand from the real world, from the physical world in the metaverse. It will be a metaverse first brand. Uh, so that's that's my rebuttal, I guess, if you want to call it. It's an interesting take. Like there are there are counterexamples in the web 2.0 world, right? Like Walmart did very well post uh, internet to, to go online and sell online. You could argue it's because they bought jet.com and like they made acquisitions to, uh, I agree with Nuzu that this is a key trend, right? Brands will need to go where attention is going. But I agree with you that first of all, not all the traditional brands are going to do it right. And I think they, they are at a disadvantage if they don't free themselves from the trappings of real world kind of strategies, constraints, et cetera. Like I do think there needs to be a rethink in terms of engagement, in terms of attention, in terms of commerce in a, in a capital and metaverse. So um, I don't know if this means we agree or disagree with the statement. It's, it's a little bit of, I'll, put, I'll give it one of these, like, you know, it's mostly agree, um, but there's some subtlety that I think Nuzu has missed here. All right, let's go to number two, Roblox, a peek into the future of virtual world. So it says here, gaming has transitioned towards multi-layered experience, viewing, playing, socializing. That's what they call multi-layer. Roblox, one of the most popular games. Uh, and what they're saying is by analyzing the success of Roblox, they can draw important lessons and basically draw conclusions on the direction of virtual worlds. So what they're saying is Roblox only allows developers to retain 25% of the revenue they generate. And they think these pay structures will evolve and it's something to pay attention to, considering that Meta got a bunch of bad publicity for their 50% take rate uh, and, and Roblox takes 75%. So yeah. is Roblox really kind of the, the canary in the coal mine? I, I'm paraphrasing you know, what they're saying. Do you agree or disagree with this, Jeff? Well, again, I agree, but I think there's there's definitely nuance. I mean, Roblox has been um, in early one of the early best examples of the metaverse. Um, I think particularly that what they do right is the user generated content piece. I think we both agree that the future of the meta, like the future capital M metaverse, is going to have a large amount of user generated content. Because frankly, that's how the real world, the real physical world operates. It's user generated, right? If I walk outside and throw a rock and you know break a car window, it, it is it is I've done that. Now if you walk past, <laughs> I love, I love that your crime is now <laughs> user generated content. I want to hear some real world lawyer use this as a defense. This fair, is not I, think a crime. I think it's an important part for the capital M metaverse that it's user generated because that's how the real world is. It's not like I walk outside and there's a bunch of NPCs walking around with no autonomy. Like that's not how physical presence is. So that to get to the metaverse, that can't be the case. Um, all of this part about the take rates, I'm not sure how relevant that is to the future of the metaverse. I do think the take rates will come down because, you know, people people react to incentives and I think those will eventually if the metaverse becomes such a singularity that everyone's in one place, the owner of that platform isn't going to need to take anything more than a minuscule, minuscule fee off that each transaction because you're basically getting a small percentage of the entire world economy. So you wouldn't need a massive team. Yeah, uh, you know, it, the, this one is like, I agree with the headline. Roblox is definitely a peek into the future of virtual worlds. They've, they're doing better than just about anyone else. Where I then, this article or this 
research report completely loses me is like take rates. Like who cares? Who cares? I, I hate when people minimize like how hard it is to build these kinds of platforms and the billions of dollars required, you know, to, 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 to distribute a developer's third party developers work and, and put it out to the universe and get it noticed. And, and they'll charge what they want to charge. If you don't like it, go develop for another platform. Oh wait, there is none. So like, so sorry that we live in a capitalist society, but this is just the way of the world. And, and eventually I think to your point, all of this gets solved. You get more competition as there gets more users and the more competition leads to lower prices, right? Eventually all of this gets priced down to a point that's reasonable because you have so many competitors in the market and focusing on that as some kind of like, Hey, we got to watch this. Roblox is the bellwether here. Like is just missing the point entirely. Roblox is the poster child for how big M metaverse will evolve from little M metaverse, I think. And, and it's the best starting point we've got today. So who cares about the take rate? I'll give this one kind of a disagree, at least for me. Uh, let's go down to the next one here. The next one here is uh, the, the other key global trend, the future of music and entertainment. What they're saying, they start here by saying artists can't go on tour, couldn't go on tour during COVID. So a lot of music events happened in Fortnite and Roblox. And now music NFTs are a way for artists to earn a living. Basically, they can sell their singles or albums as, as NFTs to their loyal fans. And also, it's not mentioned here, but when these NFTs get resold, there's still royalties and things that go back to the artists. That's one of the things they like about it. What do you think of metaverses or one of the key trends here is future of music and entertainment and NFTs in that context? Well, I think, again, it, these are trends. I think, I think where I continue finding myself I don't want to say disagree, but finding nuance is that they're pointing out a lot of these trends that have already happened in the past. Like clearly music and entertainment has been a big early trend in the metaverse. We've seen concerts in Roblox, concerts in Fortnite, uh, various different events that have become very popular. Where I think I disagree is that I don't think that in the capital of the metaverse, they're going to be as important as they are currently. And I think, if anything, the more time that people start spending in the metaverse on a daily basis, the more likely they are for these big tentpole type events, or sorry, entertainment events, to go actually into the real world. If I'm spending 10 hours a day in the metaverse, I may actually want to go to a concert and interact with people in the real world because it's like the one time I actually do that a week or something like that in a hypothetical future. So, yeah, I think it will be less prevalent than it is today, actually. I didn't think that's where you were going to take that. I thought you were going to say that people just become numb to it, or it's like it loses the novelty a little bit, and therefore uh, it's Which not as special. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, the, starting with the NFT one, I'm like, uh, again, uh, it's one of those where I'm like, sort of, who cares? Like, Spotify is the better solution, no matter what. So, like, buying some artist's album as an NFT is a pipe dream because. 99% of people are still just going to stream the music on Spotify. So like, I don't see how NFTs solve any of the existing problem or change any of the existing behavior because it's not better for the end user. It's just not uh, like, I don't care that I don't own the music on Spotify. I just want to listen to what I want to listen to. And, and so I, I, I really, I think virtual worlds, you know, swallowing music and swallowing concerts 
I, I buy that maybe more than you do, Jeff, because I think there is some potential for like, well, everyone can have the best seat in the house. Everyone can go backstage and meet the artists, right? You could, you can't crowd 10,000 people around an artist in a virtual space, but you could in a virtual space, Mm -hmm. in a real world space versus a virtual space, right? Like, so there's things you can do in metaverses that make music potentially like an interesting subset of the whole, of the sort of virtual world slash gaming. But the second part about NFTs, I'm total and total disagreement. Like, this is this desperate like hope that music will go back to people buying like the album uh, just because we've turned it into an NFT. Not going to happen. Um, mixed bag, but sort of disagree on that one. Um, all right. Let's look at the last, uh, the last one on this page here. Future of fashion and luxury brands. And this is, it says, as time spent in virtual worlds increases, like our identity, our representation becomes more important. Therefore, things like in-game skins, virtual garments become more important. And you get this direct to avatar business model, which they're calling potentially the future of e-commerce. So consumers going to want to shop in immersive online environments, photorealistic representations of physical garments, um, and people oh. investing in their digital presence. What do you think of that? We can, we can blast through this one quickly in the interest of time. I Totally agree. I mean, this has been something I, since episode one that we've both been harping on. I uh, I think that this is 100% accurate. The more time we spend in the digital world, the more we care about our digital appearance as much, if not more, than our physical appearance. The more commerce we start doing in the metaverse, the more... Di- I love the direct avatar term. Um, I, yeah, 100% agree. Do you think... Can I... Let me challenge that for a bit because I think... I'm with you a lot of the way. And, and I think a lot of people would agree wholeheartedly with your take on that. Um, I had a whole conversation today with someone about, I hate that for the most part, metaverses are still grounded in real world constraints. People still think about putting a Gucci store in the metaverse with walls and a ceiling and windows and like, and I oh, and it bothers me because I'm like, why are we tying ourselves to? Because you know it's hard to think outside of that box, tying ourselves to real world constraints. And it's like, I don't know if I want my avatar to like look like me, but with a Gucci shirt. Like I, I might, and I'm not. I'm not saying that's impossible, but I also might want to just be a dragon for a day. Or like, uh, you know, uh, like that dragon can be Gucci. So I don't, di- you know, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think you still will care. That is still the definition of your physical, you know, your digital yes. presence. So you know, direct to avatar still applies. Yeah. But where it loses me a bit is, is like, is that future of fashion and luxury brands? Like, is there a world for Gucci where I want to be a dragon? Well, I don't know. Gucci dragon. I, I, I think that you yeah. are. I see your distinction. And I don't, I'm not challenging that because I think your distinction is fair and accurate. And I don't, I, what I don't want the, the metaverse to become is a digital shopping mall. We've talked about this before, where it's like, yeah. oh, we've just created a digital version of like a grocery store. I go like pick out <laughs> apples. Like that, no, that's stupid. But I, I think the, you know, the, the fashion piece can include the dragons. And it might not be what we said before. It might be a completely new metaverse True. brand called L. Dragono or something, and it's like the coolest dragon avatar. 
So it doesn't have to necessarily be the brand we associate. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good insight brought back again here, which is there will be native brands, brands, right? Yeah. Air quotes that that may we may not think of them in the same way as existing luxury or retail brands. Um, like there may be a company that makes great dragon skins, right? Like that's their whole thing. I'm reading uh, ahead. These are we got some good ones. We got some good ones here. All right, the next one, number five, play to earn in blockchain gaming. It says uh, market for blockchain games is overrun by titles that feature rudimentary gameplay without sustainable economies. This is natural as complex gaming experiences take time to develop. It says time passes. We're likely to see more blockchain games challenge traditional AAA titles in terms of technical complexity and at some point size of the player base. Though blockchain gaming faces some notable challenges, particularly sustainability and regulatory concerns, these are likely to be mitigated as the space matures. Thoughts on that one? Well, I mean, people should go back and listen to our prior 31 episodes. This is like the whole premise of our our podcast to some extent. Uh, I agree with the writing. I actually don't agree with the title as much as I agree with what they they wrote in nuance. Um, I do think blockchain gaming, blockchain games are going to take time to develop. They are going to eventually challenge AAA titles in terms of their technical complexity um, and size of player base. So I, I, I do believe it. I'm not in on play to earn. Uh, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole because we have times, but I, I don't see play to earn being long term sustainable. Yeah, uh, not, I'll just keep this short because we, you, like, I, like you said, Jeff, you can go back and listen to 30 episodes, 31 other episodes of the podcast where we've covered this ad nauseum. Uh, Clear sign right in this paragraph, new zoo, clueless on play to earn gaming, not one mention of the word fun. Uh, all they talk about is economies and sustainability and, and a whole bunch of garbage that has nothing to do with the success of this trend. Totally couldn't disagree more on this one. They just, they, it's, I'm consistently amazed how many supposedly smart people do not understand what it's going to take to be successful in this specific area for this trend to come true. Um, uh, yeah, PDE guilds and future of work, play to earn guilds and future of work. It says play to earn guilds have exploded in popularity in the last year. Their activities revolve around acquiring and then loaning in-game assets to players who can't otherwise afford the high entry barriers of blockchain based titles. The services are popular in growth markets and they depend on blockchain games offering players enough financial incentives to engage with them. It says the future of work in the virtual realm extends beyond just gaming as synthetic environments and digital twin technologies, among others, become more advanced. A wide range of metaverse native jobs will emerge to sustain all all alternate digital lives. What do you think of that one, Jeff? You know, it's interesting because I I was all set to go on my rant about PDU about guilds and play to earn and, and you know, how it's, it's basically like digital indentured servitude. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go down that rant a little bit. I don't think, I, I think that it is a bug, not a feature of these play to earn games that barrier to entry is so high that people need to effectively take out a loan to start playing the game. I think that's a horrible way to design your, your, your game. It's not fun. It becomes a job. It's it's a super high barrier to entry to bring people in, which is part of the reason why these games have minuscule, tiny player bases. So I do think that the successful play to blockchain games that happen in the next year or two are going to not have those features. 
or they will find a way to make it such that you can earn these things without spending thousands of dollars upfront, such that people need to take out effectively take out a loan. Um, I think guilds are a solution to a problem that hopefully will not exist in the next iteration of the space. So I'm not super bullish on guilds as it, as it relates to this definition of guilds, like this financialized, you know, low syndicate loan definition, not like guilds as people put it. Um, the second paragraph is actually more interesting. Thinking about these digital jobs that people have um, within the metaverse. And at first I was sort of bullish, like that actually makes sense. And I think I probably still am. But as I was listening to you read it, I sort of started to think that most of that will probably happen just with like AI, right? Like I'm thinking if I go into one of these um, digital fashion stores, like a clothing store, and I want to buy something, I don't need a person to check me out. A, that can happen just digitally, or it could just be AI. So like, I'm not sure you necessarily need people like, doing jobs in the metaverse, but I'll, I'll leave that one open to, to future iterations. I mean, there's definitely pl- like the guilds thing. I'll make, I'll keep mine short. I agree with you. Uh, it's it's so scary just reading that text. I totally disagree. I mean, these things will not exist in five years. It, like mainstream gamers rail against simple things like loot boxes. You think guilds like in this context, indentured servitude will make will make the cut among the billions of mainstream gamers, like not a chance in the world. And if it, even if it does, it will be regulated away. Like it's going to take one bad story of someone who like died playing 65 hours, trying to repay his loan, um, you know, for governments to step in and be like, eh, wait a second, this is scary. Then this shouldn't be happening. Um, so no chance that these guilds and they should not survive. And I love your take on it, Jeff. Um, future of work. Look, I think metaverse gaming is all about the future of fun and leisure time and recreation. Future of work's a bit trickier. Um, there's probably some use cases for work within metaverses, but it's more like social component of work and meeting people. And, you know, like I think a lot of that will happen first. I don't think there's ever going to be a need for like a shoe shine person in the metaverse. That seems wholeheartedly artificial. Now, will there be a need for, you know, the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, like customer support people, the elves we talked about, right? Going around the metaverse, uh, you know, keeping the peace, fixing bugs, getting people unstuck, solving problems. Like, yes, but it's glorified customer support. And, And I think those will be the first native jobs. Beyond that, I'm not convinced. Not yet. It's about the future of fun. The future of fun is more interesting here than the future of work. I wouldn't put this as high as they have. Um, Number seven, the rush for digital real estate. It says the last 12 months have seen major brands like Samsung, Adidas, and Gucci jumping on the bandwagon of digital land NFTs. Acquiring digital real estate is essentially a bet on the blockchain-based virtual worlds gaining in popularity, but it's also a low-risk way for major companies to ensure they will be where their clientele is. Should this become a wide-ranging phenomenon in the future? So once again, I, I agree. Like I, I forget whether they were writing this list as like a list of trends that happened versus a list of trends for the future, because clearly this is a trend that has happened. Um, we have seen this land grab, this this kind of rush for is currently shaping. Just so to be clear. okay. So that, so they are they are correct. I guess to, to add my my context. Um, 
I think what what is much more interesting than everyone that's rushing to buy digital land is really what they're planning to do with it. Because the way I think about it is it's very similar to like the early days of the internet, where very quickly after the internet came about, once people realized, hey, I need to be on the internet, every brand went and made a website. And some of them were literally just like, hey, here's the location of our store and here's our phone number. And even today, some brands, like that's still basically their website. But what made it more interesting, what got really moved forward the internet is when brand when when native websites started coming up, it's like, oh well now you can actually come on here and do e-commerce. Now you can come on here and talk to people and contact people and have social elements and you can create your own user generated website. Like that's that's when we really started to see the explosion of I guess it was that's like web two, right? At web one. They can't keep these things together. <laughs> but that was really where you saw the explosion I think of web web two. So what will be interesting is not necessarily these stories around, hey, well, Nike bought a piece of land in the sandbox. It's like, okay, well, what do they do then? Like, why does anyone care to go to it? Because currently, outside of like the once a year where they do a promotion or some, some news article comes out, nobody's going to these things. They just spend money for the story. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the next two or three years is like, what are all these people who spend good money on land do with it? I agree. I don't disagree on this. I'll, I'll add a little bit of a, diff, a slightly different take, which is if you were if you were a brand when dot com was just taking off, right? I would never have faulted a brand for buying their domain name, right? Which is essentially virtual real estate. Even if they did nothing with it, they won, right? It's sort of like you're a big brand. You got a lot of resources. This is a, an easy hedge, right? If the, this internet thing becomes big, you're okay. Uh, you own it. If it doesn't, so what, right? Like you're out 50000 whatever the cost is, right? Like no big deal. And and I th- I applaud brands who are doing all these things, trying all these things. I, I think every brand needs to be because every brand needs to be hedging. No one knows Who's going to win? What that future is going to be? We know attention will shift. We know these metaverses, people are going to spend lots of time in them. Now, is it Sandbox? Is it Decentraland? Is it Fortnite? Is it Roblox? Is it Minecraft? We don't know yet. We don't know who the big winner is going to be, which is why you have to be in all of them. You have to. There has to be a holistic strategy to be in all of them, even if you don't know today what you're going to do with it yet. And even knowing that some of them will not pan out. Because I I don't think brands... Traditional brands can afford, especially in your world where you're going to be competing against native brands also, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you got to be there uh, where the virtual real estate worries me is like, unlike a domain name, it's not scarce in any way. It's not limited, right? It's much less of a sort of planting the flag. If you bought Nike.com, no one else could own Nike.com, right? Like, there's a lot of brands that can put up very similar activations in sand in sandbox that like are not really differentiated. They're not like there's a nuance here that I think can't be ignored, but I applaud all the brands doing this. And I think they should continue to. I'm curious if you think eight, you have a different take on it. And this is an introduction to NFT collections. It says the headline 2021 undeniably been the year of NFTs, high profile collections being sought after for the boost in social status and financial incentives offered. Despite the current market pullback, profile picture NFTs are likely to be key elements 
when it comes to digital identity in the metaverse. What do you think of that last part? Profile picture NFTs, key element when it comes to digital mm. identity in the metaverse. Yeah, this is this is a great question. It is. I think I'll go. I, I think I will go yes, but I wish I had more conviction. And maybe that just tells me where where we are kind of in the world today. The macro like it, you know, NFTs have gone up, and now they've come down. So maybe maybe that's a little bit of my skepticism at this exact moment. And the reason I think that is because like I understand we've been very positive on digital identity. We talked about it a few a few um, a few ones up where you know people's digital identity is going to be important. It's going to be important to be unique. I'm just not sure that that necessarily needs to be on the blockchain. Like, I, you know, there's nothing to me that says like I necessarily need it to be on a blockchain and be an NFT in order for it to be a digital identity that I, you know, consider my own. Like, I don't own my Instagram or my Twitter handle. Like, physically, I don't own it legally, but I, it's still mine. I've still created it. I still curate it. I still care about it. Is it like I don't necessarily see the distinction where it needs to be on a blockchain. No, but you own, own at Jeff Cohen 23 on Twitter. But I don't, right? Like, that's my point. Like, I, I consider well, that. It's I your it. digital yeah. identity. No one else can have at Jeff so Cohen this is, 23. This is the core of what I'm saying. I think I own it, but I don't. Like, I don't need, it doesn't need to be on the blockchain. Uh, but my for me point to feel is, like I own it. True. But functionally, <laughs> no one else can have it. And so, blockchain doesn't take anything away. Putting it on the blockchain wouldn't take anything away. It would just solidify the ownership, or it at least add proof. It. <laughs> it, not, it doesn't add much, but at least it proves ownership. It's it's yes. an it's an if it's an authenticity certificate, right? Um, I where I totally like I I just totally disagree. Like I like the fact of putting digital identity on the blockchain, and I'm. I'm verified in some way. My representation, I only own and no one else can use it, right? I like that idea. Where I totally disagree with the statement is there's no chance that digital identity in the metaverse is going to be a 2D painting, like a, a, a picture of a stupid ape. Like this is, there's no chance that this is 10 years from now, digital identity. Zero chance these people are out to lunch if they think this is what digital identity is going to be in the metaverse. I do think it'll be on blockchain. I do think it'll be unique. It'll be you'll own it. You'll care about it. But it's going to be something way more interesting, way cooler than a 2D photograph. A 2D piece of art and mostly crappy art. Let's face it. Um all right, let's uh, let's get to we're we're almost done here. Uh, number nine, the transition from NFT collections to global IP. This we've talked about at length. You know, Board Ape Yacht Club doing music events, partnerships, all kinds of brand extensions in the mainstream, uh, and they also talk about loot is an exercise in decentralized IP building. Uh, its evolution is fully controlled by the community at large. Everyone can build applications that enrich the loot ecosystem and bring it one step closer to becoming a major IP. Uh, loot began a movement that was then quickly adopted by other notable projects like Treasure, and that'll reshape the way in some front, some brands of the future are born and evolve. So NFT collections to global IP. I mean, uh, it's, I think it's a trend that people think is going to happen, but I'm not that convinced. I just don't know. I think these crypto communities are so much smaller right now than people realize that I, I just think if I walk down the street and ask 25 people like what they thought about Board 8 Yacht Club, 
I, you know, depending on what city I'm in, I bet two of them would know what it is. So I just, I'm not that bullish that these are going to be like the new Avengers, new Mickey Mouse, or like, you know, Disney princess. Like it just, I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a pipe dream in the mind of these people who are kind of caught up in their own, you know, in their own universe a little bit. Um, and some of these communities don't even want that. Like we talked about the article last week where they're kind of like yeah. doing that. So I don't think this is a slam dunk as much as they're making it seem. 100% agree. I actually don't have anything to add. Like it, it's, it's echo chambers that make people like global IP and mainstream are the two words that sunk this for me because even gaming, which is way more, you know, known in the mainstream, you still pull regular people who don't know what Roblox is, right? It's, that's just the, the reality. And, and bored apes, if, although every crypto person might know it, the crypto community is relatively small and is nowhere near mainstream scale yet. Uh, and, and I just, I don't think the IP is that interesting. I'm sorry to say, like, bored apes are not that interesting IP as much as they would love it to be. Um, number 10, crypto and the promise of interoperability. So this is Ethereum uh, with its side chains and layer twos. It's the backbone of the sizable portion of the NFT and blockchain gaming space. Uh, with the Ethereum merge, uh, it's poised to continue its rule as the dominant smart contract platform. Now with interoperability at scale across games com continues to be a hot topic amongst metaverse enthusiasts. The path to adoption is currently filled with notable technical and political roadblocks. Nevertheless, interoperability can potentially become a reality as shared standards are being built and as player interest grows. So crypto and the promise of interoperability. Well, this hits a lot of, lot of trends we've talked a lot about as well. I think we're, we are bullish on interoperability, but do see that there's a lot of challenges in roadblocks as they put out um, here. Notably, being I, I, political when they say that, maybe I mean cross companies. Not as, I don't know yep. necessarily the government's going to get involved and say you can't bring that sword from you know from uh, game to game. But but yeah, the um, shared standards is something we talked about last week, and uh, with you know some of these big tech companies starting to create shared metaverse standards, that's something we're bullish on. So I, I think I, I do agree with the take in terms of it being Ethereum versus Layer Twos. That's maybe a little bit outside of my depth. Yeah, I'll put I'll change the headline a bit to be more accurate. It's not crypto and the promise of interoperability. It's crypto and the need for interoperability. It's a need for a capital M metaverse to happen. Interoperability has to happen. What this is also missing is that the game developers, the big game developers are going to fight this to the bitter end. They have every incentive for this, for interoperability to not happen. So as much as companies like Meta and others get together to create standards, which is great, the big games, game developers are all going to fight this to the very bitter end. And they will eventually capitulate, but it's going to take years and it will be ugly and it will be messy and, and it will be necessary though. And, and we will get to that holy grail, capital M Metaverse. But the, the, the game developers are going to go kicking and screaming. I don't think they're willingly just going to open up all the walled gardens, give up tons of revenue, you know, for, for the promise of, of you know, uh, a beautiful Garden of Eden, right? Like, I just don't, I just don't think that's going to happen as easily or as beautifully as, as they've articulated here. Um, 
Jeff, this is like a great kind of like greatest hits episode, sort of like I like that this research report touched on a lot of things we've talked about before. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this, like a little bit of a summary of a lot of things we've talked about over the last 31 episodes, episode 32. Um, and uh, like I said, hope you guys are, are enjoying it. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Jeff, thank you as always. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Meta Business. Subscribe to our sister podcast, Meta Woman. And we also do a bunch of crypto podcasts. If you love our content, go subscribe to Crypto Capsule on YouTube or on any podcast platform. Crypto Capsule, hosted by one of the biggest crypto influences in the world, Henry Arslanian. Uh, you guys, I think, will really enjoy that content if you're into crypto, which you should be if you're watching Meta Business or listening to Meta Business. So definitely go check that out. Jeff, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, guys, the future is fun. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Business. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Business.